Who won? And welcome in to the Grind on Sports podcast, episode 21 here. Uh, again, uh, first episode in July here in 2023. Uh, man, the year's flying by, Ben. But uh, I'm Wayne Kaiser, my uh, sidekick right here to the to my right, or, or my left, you're right, but uh, is Mr. Ben Metz. Uh, ben, uh, June scream through. It's July, uh, just a couple more weeks until uh, till preseason football kicks off. Uh, USFL just just finished last night. I mean, sports don't stop for anybody. Yeah, man. Um, I just got back from Florida, and uh, unlike the baseball team, which is cold, uh, dropping all those losses to the Atlanta Braves, it was hot down there, buddy. Uh, I, I hit the weather perfect down there. Enjoyed a very uh, fun beach vacation um, with my daughter, my son, and my wife. And uh, so excited to be back and uh, talk some sports with you, buddy. Good deal. A lot to talk about. Uh, again, uh, a, a little bit of uh, housekeeping. Obviously, uh, you, you know, we talked last time Tennessee baseball balls uh, on the shelf uh, for 2022 and three season. Uh, but are, are well in uh, in tow for improving their roster uh, heading into 2023, 2024, uh, as they look to the transfer portal to do so. Uh, also, some recruits coming in that are going to make some good uh, good headway. Uh, but Ben, uh, no sleep for uh, college athletics anymore. In the days of NIL, in the days of transfer portal, uh, you've got to you got to hit the meat market, as old Coach O used to say. And you've got to find who uh, who improves your roster, uh, who does what you need uh, from those that left, and uh, ultimately you got to see where you're at. Uh, one big announcement uh, since our last show: Chase Burns, not a surprise, uh, has entered his name into the transfer portal, looking to leave Tennessee. Um, not sure the uh, the whole story there. My uh, my my hunch, my opinion is, is Tony Vitello wasn't willing to be uh, be. I don't benevolent and give him a starting job uh, as of two weeks ago. And so I think he's, uh, he's looking for a coach that's willing to pull that trigger. Yeah. I think you and I heard it during football season, Lane Kiffin talked about um, how a new responsibility for these coaches is as soon as the season starts to come to an end or throughout the season, you're trying to also get the vibe of your current football roster or your current uh, baseball roster in Tony Vitello's case, um, because you have to try to keep guys on the roster instead of hitting the portal midway through the season or at the end of the season. So uh, we saw that pretty quickly in baseball. We saw that through, throughout the football season. Um, and yeah, to your point, Wayne, uh, I think there, I think Chase Burns, uh, had some animosity about losing that starting position and not getting a chance to, to get it back as the season progressed and he started to show his capability. Um, at the end of the day, Vitello said that basically as coaches, we're going to put our team in the best position to win. And he did so. He put the, he put the team in a position uh, to compete against the best in the College World Series, LSU, the team that went on uh, to win the World Series. Um, so, We'll see where he ends up. Uh, rumor is he may be going to TCU. You know, I think uh, that 
for me, I, I want him out of the SEC. I don't want to see him on any frequency the next couple years. I do wish him the best. I think TCU gives him a place uh, to be in the Big 12. You don't have near the firepower one through nine on everybody's roster that you're going to see. So he could dominate a little bit, uh, put himself in a good position for the Major League Baseball draft. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's one of those deals, though. I tell people all the time, you know, these people that leave or, or you know, whatever, they, they, they throw out that hashtag VFL. No, no, you're not. <laughs> have a good time. I, I wish you the best, but uh, that bridge is burnt, buddy. Yeah, and we also heard during uh, the NCAA Super Regional from the NCAA uh, commissioner about NIL and that there's no transparency on these deals that are being made. So nobody really knows how much money a lot of these athletes are getting paid. So, for example, with softball, when we saw Ali Shipman leave after two years playing catcher for, for the Lady Balls and then going to Alabama – we don't know if NIL was involved or not, but our assumption is that it was. And then very similar to Joe Milton leaving Michigan, coming to Tennessee. Um, but in this case, uh, is NIL involved? Because Chase Burns is a very valuable pitcher. Um, he's going to be a number one draft pick. Um, and he's going to be a guy that you can put on your baseball roster and you're guaranteed to win multiple games with him on the hill you're, you're going to be a better baseball team right away so he's going to be a big acquisition out of the transfer portal and and the question is that we have to see as tennessee fans does he does he leave tennessee or is this just ultimately a game of i want to see where the dollars are at and are you going to pay me the way well, the way you may have paid ahuna you yeah. may have paid griffin you may have paid zane denton and maybe, and again, this is just my, this is just a, um, maybe an entertaining piece to talk about. These three guys, Denton, Ahuna, and Griffin, left in very good situations sure. and came to the University of Tennessee. Was money involved? We don't know. I'm sure it was. Well, I, I think, I, yeah, I think to say it's to what degree. You know, it's, it's like a meteorologist. It, it's going to rain. It's just they try to help us tell you how much it's going to rain. Uh, no, money's involved, obviously. But uh, by the way, Tony Vitello talked, uh, and and would I welcome Chase Burns back? Unfortunately, I'm the scornful girlfriend that says, "Yeah, I'll take him back." Uh, but uh, I, uh, I I tend to like what Steve Sarkeesian in Texas does. Once you put your name in the portal, you're gone. You can't come back. Uh, but the way Tony Vitello talked on the animal uh, just a few days after the announcement, uh, they they expected this. They understand this. They wish him the best. And and to me, Tony was turning a page. Tony said no words about uh, trying to re-recruit Chase Burns. So, uh, to me, that 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 ship may have sailed and it may be headed out west. Yeah, uh, I'm like you. I'm like you. I, I'm, I'm, I take Tim Irwin's approach. So, 40 goes east and 40 goes west. 75 goes north and 75 goes south. So, if you don't want to play for the University of Tennessee, I'll help you pack. Yeah, right. But now, Burns isn't the only person that's leaving the Vols uh, in the transfer portal. Right now, Logan Chambers, a u utility player, uh, is it, he hit the portal. Uh, he hit 220 uh, in 37 games, 19 starts, uh, one homer, uh, seven RBIs after transferring from a junior college ranks. So just not seeing the field. So he's going to try to find him a place uh, somewhere else. Uh, Hollis Fanning, a pitcher, 
Uh, he gained a bullpen role as a junior at Tennessee, struck out 24 and 14 and a third across 15 appearances, including a handful of SEC outings. He's six foot seven and made 25 appearances in three seasons with one start. Uh, Jake Fitzgibbons, another pitcher, uh, he had the biggest role in his third season, uh, still more of a bullpen guy, posted a 3.75 ERA in 12 innings and 17 appearances from Mount Juliet. Uh, he pitched in 30 games in three years at Tennessee. And then Alex Stanwich, an outfielder, uh, he was one of the top incomers in the 2022 uh, recruiting class, uh, took the spring semester off to get some things sorted out, and that is in quotations. Uh, and then Vitello said in February he's expected, um, you know, that he would be full go this next season, but he's going to hit the portal see what he can find out. So those are the guys leaving Tennessee. So every one of those guys has what, what I call, and you can you can look this up on WebMD, Wayne, and, and back check me. I call, it, I call it Shrout Pox. Uh, it was named after J.T. Shrout. Okay, shroud pox. It's 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 an illness that you get when you when you start practicing. So do you, do you contract it or do you, do you are you born with it? No, that's the thing. It's that's the thing about shroud pox. Uh, it's not uh, it's not a contagious. It's not a contagious illness. It's something that you develop uh, after understanding and realizing that guess what? You're not gonna be the guy. And you're gonna, you have the ability now in this system to change schools, maybe three or four. And I think, I think JT's on his fourth school now. But uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, these are guys that, that aren't getting the playing time because they haven't earned it, and they're looking for an opportunity elsewhere to get that playing time uh, so that they can up their draft level status. I, I will say though, I mean, you know, I'm a college football fan number one, pro football fan number two, and it's for good reason because. In college, in general, a guy comes on your your campus. You you get to know him for four years, five years for in some cases. You get to you get to see him grow. You get to see guys like uh, you know it's guys like Grant Williams. It's guys like uh, I'm trying to think in different sports. Evan Russell, uh, you know Luke Lipsius, those guys where they they had their their shortcomings and then as a senior kind of blossomed and shown show what they could do. Uh, but in the days of NIL, the days of the transfer portal, you're not guaranteed to know these kids anymore. It's like coaches. Uh, now it's, uh, I'm not making it here. I'll just pack up and go go on my way. And I don't know. I don't know that I like that. I mean, I understand the the advantage it gives the student athlete. But as a fan, as a, as a follower and a believer in the university, to me, I'm a, I guess I'm a measure twice, cut once kind of guy. Uh, once I, I'm almost going to prove myself that I can make it there before I before I just jump ship. I, I don't know. A guy like Logan Chambers, who again we were his second school, he's going to his third. Um, you know, in Major League Baseball, and it's very similar to NFL football. Your window of time is very small. So, you know, if you become a 30 year old in Major League Baseball, that's that's almost ancient. I mean, there's very few guys like Nelson Cruz. Um, and uh, trying to think of another guy playing currently that uh, has played for a while, uh, Miguel Cabrera, sure. that, that are able to play well into their 40s. Um, so that window of time is so small, and these guys are looking at it and saying, you know, I'm 20 years old. 
I've got to get drafted. I've got to get drafted in a high round. I can't get drafted in a low round. Um, so I got to find a school where I can where I can get some get some big attention, get big attention fast, and develop, and get get drafted round two, round three. So that way I can start at least in single A, not high A. Um, so that's, I think that's what's happening. Yeah, and it, like I said, it's just the time we live in. But uh, some people that have uh, have have made their way to Knoxville out of this portal, so it's a, it's another one of those good riddance. Come on in. I mean, it's, it's the funniest thing. Uh, but but we've got uh, AJ. I think it's Cossey. Uh He's uh, he announced his commitment to Tennessee after two seasons at Jacksonville State. He's a right-handed pitcher. Uh, he's got a five and four record, five point oh seven ERA. I know those are wowing you right now, Ben. Uh, as a sophomore, uh, served as a game one starter in most of their uh, their outings. Uh, struck out eighty nine in seventy six and a third innings. Uh, was a reliever as a freshman and earned nine saves with a two six one ERA. Struck out fifty eight in forty eight and a third innings as a freshman. So I like this kid. Uh, looks like a bullpen guy. Doesn't look to be uh, coming in as a starter, but. Uh, you need all you can get when you've got people exiting the program and, and graduating. We still do that in college. Yeah, Kelsey, uh, he's going to be – he's a big guy and he's, he's a power guy. Uh, very excited to have him at the University of Tennessee. I think you're absolutely right. I think he's going to just be that piece that we need in that bullpen uh, to help support uh, the pieces that we've already got there. Um, so I think uh, Tony did really well with the transfer portal uh, – with Kowsey to, to add him to the, to the, uh, the pitching team. Yeah. Another, another at addition, uh, from the transfer portal, Cannon Peebles. Uh, you may, may hear that name and know that name. Yeah, you should. Cause he's an all ACC freshman selection at North Carolina state. Just this past season, a switch hitting catcher that hit three fifty two with 12 homers, 50 RBIs in just 39 games. Uh, a, a true catcher, Ben, I'm not sure we've had one since Tony Vitello's been there. Uh, we've had athletes behind the plate, and we've had guys that work really hard, but I don't know that we've had a catcher since Tony's been there. Yeah, this is uh, this is like the uh, the spike from Little Giants. I love this kid's name, man. Cannon Peebles, love it, man. Um, so I just you know foresee him coming, you know, in the moving truck, and you know he's carrying the couch out of the truck, and dad's dad's <laughs> just kind of watching with his arms crossed, but. Uh, you know, we haven't had a catcher. Uh, you and I talked about this off air. We've, we've kind of made do um, with different guys behind the plate for the last couple of years. And uh, we've come to find that with our pitchers um, and the amount of time that they allow our catchers, we need someone back there to manage, to manage the game. And um, I saw a video, Wayne, not long ago of Yadier Molina and you can look it up. It's online. I know they talk about Yachty and how great he is, but Yachty's standing up. There's a runner on first. Uh, there's a runner on second. And Yachty's looking at the visiting dugout. He's watching the signs being relayed from the manager to the third base coach. He watches the mannerisms of the third base coach towards first base. He watches the first base coach talk to the runner. The runner changes facial expression and right after that facial expression changes yachty makes a small gesture to his right knee and he does a pitch out gets the ball catches the runner in a rundown they tag the runner in the rundown the guy coming from third 
delays on the steal. They throw home, they get the double play, and they walk off the field. Um, and that was all started by a guy that is a Hall of Fame catcher. So when you get a guy like this, that's what's very exciting. Um, catching isn't something that you can easily teach someone. And with Cannon, in Cannon Peebles' case, this guy has been a catcher since he was a little kid, so very excited to have him. Oh, absolutely. And and like I said, it, it's just a uh, – it's working the, the home plate umpire. It's it's settling down pitchers. It's, it's seeing those tendencies and really – being prepared to look for them. You know, I think in, in a lot of ways, you know, you talk about Evan Russell, uh, probably a guy that worked as hard at being a catcher his senior year as anybody. But I would say 80% of the time he was going, Evan, don't screw up. Evan, don't screw up. He wasn't saying, oh, I wonder if he's going to steal right here. I wonder if what the sign here to there is. He's just going, catch the ball. Catch the ball and get it back to him. Catch the ball and get it back to him. Uh, so I, I think you're right. I think the skill set, the, the muscle memory, the, the just, I'm going to be the best at what I can be and what I have been working on my craft, uh, that, that comes with can of Peebles. Uh, the next one's Nate Sneed. Not sure he's a, uh, not sure he's a Chase Burns replacement, but he can touch the triple digits. Uh, he's a big time velocity guy pitching, uh, touches a hundred miles an hour. Often, uh, was a freshman at Wichita state last season. Posted a 316 ERA in 24 appearances, Ben. 53 strikeouts in 42 and two thirds innings as a freshman. Going to be another big arm to add to the to the gaps that we need to fill. Um, and, and with that kind of velocity, you know, you start to think about Ben Joyce um, and even Chase Burns. You know, you start to think about those guys that will be able to come in and bring that intensity. Yeah, and then lastly, just uh, just in addition, yesterday, uh, Ryan Galani or Galani, uh, he was the SoCon Player of the Year, uh, hitting 383 with 17 homers, 66 RBIs for the Wofford Terriers. Uh, he hit 339 in four seasons with the Terrier and was a two-time All SoCon selection. He's going to be a one and doneer. He's a grad transfer, uh, but uh, he started first base last season after starting third base in 2022. They say he can play first, third, and outfield. And so we'll, we'll see where he plays into the to the system at Tennessee. But to me, this is a ball player. It's a guy who uh, he, can, he can get in where he fits in and, uh, and make a big impact to the ball club. Yeah, and like I said earlier in this segment, that with, with NIL, you know, this is an example where a guy's going from Wofford to the University of Tennessee – you can see that that's, that's a big jump. You're going to get arguably better coaching. Um, you're going to get more views on national television to up your draft status. Uh, but where he is at and what he has been doing, um, again, and I this is my speculation, so I own it. It's just my opinion about it. I'm curious if there's some NIL dollars involved um, to pull somebody Say, hey, you know, you're playing for Wofford, you know, and you're putting up numbers to get drafted. But why don't you come here? Uh, let's compete at a high level, get you more television, and we'll pay you. Um, you know, who knows? But happy to have him. Yeah. I, I think the opportunity to play in the Southeastern Conference is is draft stock central. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Because you're looking at it in a – you're going to see high-velocity pitchers. You know, not that Wofford didn't have midweek games with some big-time opponents. I'm sure they did. Uh, but the Southern Conference probably just doesn't uh, – it's not polluted with 100-mile-an-hour pitchers, which is what you'll see in the Southeastern Conference. 
you, you're going to be, uh, like you said, on national TV a ton more. Uh, you're going to have a lot more fans in the stands. You're going to have NIL money. Uh, you know, I'm sure he had NILs polluted everywhere. I think it's even at Carson Newman and ETSU. But it's a difference between selling some T-shirts and all of a sudden you don't pay for anything. Yeah, my so, wife gives me NIL money bi-weekly. I get NIL yeah. dollars. Yeah, I well, mine's, uh, mine's an absence of my name, image, and likeness. I, I don't get I don't get NIL money. I get it. So I keep my mouth shut. But but anyway, a uh, lot a uh, lot to be had. Uh, you talk about the transfer portal. Uh, anybody who's watched Tennessee baseball knows that the 2023 team benefited from the transfer portal. Griffin Merritt. Uh, you talk about Zane Denton, and you talk about there's the third one. Maui Ahuna. Maui Ahuna. Uh, those three, by far and away, impacted this baseball club. Now, obviously, we had our, our growing pains with Ahuna early, uh, not not allowing him to play in certain things. Uh, you know, But Griffin Merritt, Zane Denton. Zane stayed quiet most of the season, but was a steady Eddie. And then when it mattered most in the regional, super regional, uh, he was big game Zane. So, uh, I think we have seen the benefit from the transfer portal. Hopefully, uh, Lightning can find its way again to Knoxville. Uh, but it looks like Tony's doing his work. And we'll see where these kids fit in after the draft, after we understand what we're losing, uh, and then everything kind of settles down for the, uh, I guess, the kind of late summer months and early fall. Yeah. And also, one other big-name player that uh, we benefited from this year was Halverson. Uh, so, Halverson had a oh, great yeah. – uh, had, had he was a great a year ago transfer portal guy. Yeah, he's uh, and the thing is, I don't think you can ever stop. I don't think you can stop recruiting. I don't think you can stop transfer portal checking. I don't think you can stop talking to your current players. So probably a big reason why Tony Vitello's not married or doesn't have any kids. I think he's just he's married to Tennessee baseball right now. But talking about being married to Tennessee baseball, uh, Danny White made a uh, a strong one need approach. Uh, to Tony Vitello and, and announcing an extension to the Lindsey Nelson uh, expansion and renovations. Uh, really a, a beautiful rendering uh, dropped earlier this week about uh, Tennessee, Lindsey Nelson Stadium, what it could look like after renovations are done. Uh, going from 4,300 uh, max to a 7,600 uh, seating capacity, luxury boxes, run down the third baseline, a grand entrance uh, off Pat Summit Way. Uh, just an amazing-looking uh, stadium. Obviously, it doesn't have the key pieces Ben would want in a, a wall-extending uh, renovation. But, man, what a – what a uh, I don't know, a centerpiece, if you'll call it, but uh, definitely a, a, a crown jewel in the SEC once this thing's done. Yeah, what I really like about what Danny White did is he took the feedback from the fans and uh, he expanded the first and third baselines, multiple tiers, uh, larger concourses, uh, more entertainment pieces out behind the fence there for kids and uh, families that bring families that come to the ballpark. Um, So he's looking for, I, I thought it was best said when he was talking about looking for the ultimate baseball experience. And he wasn't just kind of limited, limiting that to uh, NCAA. He's talking about Major League Baseball, college baseball. You know, how can I maximize the baseball fan experience because these fans deserve it? So very excited about the uh, nearly $100 million of re- renovations uh, that they're going to be doing in Lindsay Nelson. 
Yeah, I like it. Uh, looks like this, you know, one thing that looks like in this most recent rendering that uh, is not necessarily in this first phase or in this this package anymore was the indoor facility. I don't know if you noticed that. Uh, mm -hmm. It is no longer in the picture. Uh, but uh, I think the wider concourses, you're going to, it's basically going to shut down that road in between Lindsey Nelson and the practice field. Uh, I'm not sure if that's going to Monday, you know, because like over at Neyland, they closed down Philip Fulmer Way during game days and such, but it's, right. it's a functioning road any other day. I don't see that being the case here with Lindsey Nelson. It looks like they were able to preserve the, uh, the back street that went on the outfield, which I thought they were going to have to lose that too. Uh, but the porch looks to be a more uh, significant piece of the puzzle now. Uh, the the concourse down third baseline, it's not going to end there at the, at basically the grass. Uh, it's going to continue on. There's going to be like uh, uh, high top seating and, and different things all on first and third base side. Uh, it's going to be a uh, – it's honestly going to be what a Division One Southeastern Conference baseball facility needs to look like. And and I know – I know for a long time we didn't we didn't perform to the level that 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 warranted that, but I think the last five, six, seven years uh, have definitely put it put us in uh, put a bunch of tickets in the hat. And Danny White pulled out a winner uh, with this latest rendering. Yeah, he wanted to add not only the the venue to be to maximize the venue, but to add the uh, the player development areas. And he did get some approval underneath the stadium to add world-class player development area. So that's going to help Tony Vitello with recruiting as well. Right, right, right. And then, uh, of course, not to be outdone, uh, some more renovations announced for uh, for, for uh, Neyland Stadium. Uh, and I like it because it's on the south end zone. Uh, it is Gate 10's entrance. Uh, you know, obviously the brickwork uh, started in the north uh, and then it's kind of wrapped around the front side. But really Gate 10 and, and around that uh, engineering side, uh, had kind of been left untouched, honestly. They, they'd been doing inner, inner work, like in the concourse, putting the new video boards in, all the stuff like that. But really no, no exterior impact uh, beyond, I guess you would say, probably entrance, I don't know, maybe 15, 16, right there at the, uh, when the straightaway starts again. So uh, this new look for, for Neyland Stadium has a grand uh, gate 10 entrance, still keeps the, the one ramp, which is – uh, just in our family, pretty historic because um, my wife's grandfather, that's his entrance. That's where he went up. So when they showed the, the rendering where that was gone, we were a little upset. So the fact that that's back, we're pretty pretty excited. But really, uh, if the south end zone can just get any better, I'm happy with it. Just wider concourses, uh, maybe better bathrooms, or just less leaks. I'm good with that too. So uh, anything to, to help us out down there. Yeah, you guys have had some pretty uh, entertaining experiences this year on the south side. And I know you grew up a Southie. I knew when, when they when they rolled the dollars out, the Southies were going to be ecstatic. And uh, the I call them the Norsemen. Uh, so, so my father-in-law, uh, I've been staying, I've been hanging out with him watching ball games from, from the, from the North side. Uh, so the North, the Norsemen are uh, – uh, a little bit tore up about the initial phase one of Neyland Stadium, but they'll just wait. Um, they've they've had they've had their uh, bar and things. I'm, I'm just saying they've got Petros and we don't, so I don't want to hear it. Uh, but anyway, anyway, uh, but no, I'm uh, I'm good with it. Uh, re, already re uh, uh, re whatever you re up, re signed, redid our season tickets, so we're we're counting it down. I think it's 62 days now 
Uh, if Randy the mailman listens to this podcast, he'll correct us if we're wrong. But uh, I will say uh, I'm excited about Tennessee football. Uh, however, the concession stands are 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 managed. However, the the beer lines work. However, the entrance gates scan my ticket. I don't care. I'm ready for some football. But it's it's good to see uh, that Danny White he I'm, he never ceases to amaze me. I, I think ultimately uh, we have crawled out of a bad spot with Danny White. And uh, he, Dondi Plowman, you know, she was just announced as uh, uh, she was put on a board for the SEC's uh, kind of a governance committee, if you will. Uh, but uh, those two key cogs, they, uh, when I say a holistic approach to athletic excellence, that's an understatement. Those two uh, really are attacking every sport that we have uh, from softball, volleyball, uh, basketball, baseball, football. Uh, heck, even the Regal Stadium, I think, got new turf last year. So uh, this is a this is a, a group of administrators and leaders that uh, I think they're good for the University of Tennessee, uh, probably long term. But it looks like they ain't wasting any time. They don't they don't have a ten year plan, Ben. They're uh, they're hitting it now. Yeah, two uh, two key pieces of this uh, renovation project that I really liked when it when they rolled it out. Uh, number one, we, we, that was that was one of them. Yeah, so. <laughs> So one of those, uh, that was my second one. But, yeah, the Wi-Fi, um, you know, if you're waiting in a concession line, uh, most of the time um, you can't, you don't know what's going on with the ball game. Uh, so by fall of 2024, the, there should be full stadium Wi-Fi connectivity. So that's that's something to be very excited about as a fan. If you're waiting in line um, and you're you're trying to see what's going on with the ball game. Uh, but, but the other one was the dollars. So the, the budget went from $49 million to $337 million. Um, so That's a little bit of an upgrade. So as a fan, as a fan, that tells me that we have a lot of money vested in winning championships at this university, whether that be with the stadium and the fan experience or that be with the players and the coaches. So uh, I'm very excited as a Tennessee ball fan where we are after last season and where we're headed over the next next couple of years. Yeah, I think absolutely. And, and you know, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, in that lower bowl when you go down uh, to get certain things. You know, there's only so many places you can get the Dunkin' coffee or hot chocolate. There's only so many places you can get the, uh, the frozen lemonade and all that stuff. But one thing that I learned from the Atlanta Braves game we went to was – Going to the concession stand shouldn't mean you have to miss the game. Uh, when you went to the Atlanta Braves, when you walked up the concession stand, at the very top of the stands, at, at, on either side of the concession stand was a TV with the game on. If you turned and went to the bathroom, they had the radio. Well, I don't know if it was the radio, but it was the broadcast of the game going in the bathrooms. Uh, you walked back out, and if you, if you had to stand, which they didn't have any lines, I, I think that's the – that's the algorithm we got to figure out is how not to have lines, but uh, which they had a lot less people there. I'll say that, but uh, they never made me miss the game. Like I never had to go, Oh, I'm, I got to go to the bathroom, but I got to wait till this innings over, or I got to wait till this hitter comes up, or I got to do this. Why? I mean, I'm going to hear it. I'm going to see it. I'm gonna, whatever I need to do all the way through the stadium, through the battery, through anything. Cause I was, I was hearing pregame inter interactions, outside in the battery so the thing is is that fan experience and that side of it the 
the three – I think they call it the 360 fan experience down there. Uh, that's what is crazy and what is – you don't know you want it until you have it, <laughs> and then now you want it. So, uh, yeah. to me, I think that would be really cool, especially in the upper deck side of things. Uh, I've seen that down low where they've got, you know, the really nice brick concession stands. They've got TVs with the games on. But that yeah. needs to make its way – Get some waterproof boxes to put the TVs in, or whatever you got to do. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. I need to see the game when I'm at the in the you know forty person line to get an eight dollar drink. Yeah, when I yeah, when I was reading over the renovations, I was trying to figure out what a vomitory is because they, you know, in phase one, uh, you know, fall twenty twenty three, they say brick cladding around in bowl vomitories. And then the fall of, and, and then the new the new restrooms under gate ten ramp. Now South Did you Google Park, it? No, no, I looked it up and then you know fall twenty twenty four brick cladding around in ball vomitories phase two. Um vomitories. I know on the south side they got vomitories. <laughs> but the whole thing's a vomitory. Yeah. So so <laughs> you know what a vomitory is? It's a trough, right? No, no, it has nothing to do with it. It's a terrible name for what this is. It's the chutes that go in and out of the stadium. Like, you know, oh, okay. you come down the steps and go in. Yeah. A vomitory, my spelling was V-O-M-I-T-O-R-Y. Pretty sure that's correct. It says a passage that allows people to enter or leave an auditorium or stadium. Okay. So that's okay. just those chutes. Okay. So, I was just making sure that wasn't a trough. That or, was a slight know. at a Southie. I know what that was. Uh, but put, anyway. Put bricks, put bricks around the troughs in the South bathroom, you know? I'd just be happy when, if they keep the water running. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the water stops running. That's when the problems start, buddy. Yeah. It's hard uh, to explain that to Neyland and Jackson, isn't it? Nope. No, it's real easy. Keep your eyes forward. That's what I tell them. <laughs> what I tell them. But, uh, but, Ben, I think we're going down a path that we don't need to go down. But uh, I, I'm appreciative of whatever's done. Obviously, I've been going long enough. As long as they'll keep playing football yard line to yard line, I don't care what I sit in. I'm sitting as high as I need to, probably ever going to. Uh, so it's fine. There's not a bad seat in the house. It's good. Nope. Uh, but uh, talking about what is current, though, uh, of course, Tennessee football, 62 days away. Uh, so excited about that. But right now, if you see mine and Ben's hat, uh, we're in full-blown Major League Baseball time. My Bravos uh, just finished off the uh, the Miami Marlins, eight straight wins. Uh, basically, won eight straight, lost one to Cincinnati, and then have put eight straight back on them. Uh, what Ben told me as we before we went on, uh, now they have the best record in baseball. I knew they had the best record in the National League, uh, but looks like just uh, just a strong outing for the Bravos. Really a uh, uh, a cohesive team, obviously led by by the bat of Ronald Acuna. Uh, three all-stars currently announced on this team. Uh, a pitching staff that uh, has had their struggles, but ultimately, uh, you know, thigh guy Strider and, uh, and a lot of other guys uh, in that bullpen uh, have been able to pick up the slack from the injuries uh, of the aces there early on. So I'm excited for what uh, what July looks like for the Braves. But it's it's I say it every single year. It's not how you're performing in June and July. It's how you perform in September and October. But right now, Braves are putting themselves in a spot to to at least have a few mulligans down the stretch. Yeah, and that eight-game win streak um, was against top-tier competition in Major League Baseball. So without a doubt, 
not just by record are they the best team in baseball. This team, top to bottom, um, and yes, they have some questions in their bullpen, uh, but overall, this is a team that is going to be very difficult to beat in the postseason. This eight-game stretch was against Cincinnati. It was against Minnesota. It was against Miami. Um, Cincinnati and Minnesota, after playing Atlanta, went to go play my Orioles, and they took care of business against us. Uh, so we dropped two or three to Minnesota, dropped two or three to Cincinnati, um, and uh, it's just been a been a kind of a rough go of it. We were on a four-game losing streak before uh, defending the sweep today, two to one against Minnesota. But overall, what an exciting baseball season! And let's talk a little bit about you know the elephant in the room with the New York Mets, um, the acquisitions that they made. Um, before the season had started, the big names that are in that clubhouse. Um, and, yeah, there's been some injuries. I mean, they they were – they're putting a lot of blame on the fact that they don't have their closer. Um, but they're not performing. They're a team that sits 37 and 40, uh, 46, 18 and a half games out of first place. Um, and at this point, um, very far out of the wild card. Uh, so there's teams with uh, a lot of money – on payroll and not performing so yeah i was looking uh, i told you off air leading up to this the the braves um major act you know major payroll is 140 million dollars and that's that's a the likes of ozuna uh albies uh riley uh olsen uh, and then a couple pitchers there uh alt max freed and then a couple other ones uh also uh combined for 140 million dollars as max scherzer Clayton Kershaw and like two other players, mm-hmm. uh, and all of them seem to to be on some big name programs that aren't necessarily performing very well. But uh, yeah, Braves this series and really uh, what's been important for the Braves is yes they've 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 done some pretty good things, but ultimately when they've played in division opponents they've they've been able to spread the gap a little bit. Uh, Marlins now nine games back, uh, Phillies twelve games back, Mets nineteen games back and the Nationals 22 games back. Uh, Braves could stop playing baseball for a couple weeks, and the Nationals can't catch them. Yeah, I don't think too many um, analysts in Major League Baseball thought that the New York Yankees would be sitting nine and a half games back in third place, even with their current roster, injuries or not. Um, I don't think that they would have predicted St. Louis to be in last place in the Central. I know they wouldn't have predicted the Mets to be 18 and a half back before the all-star before the all-star break to be completely out of competition in the, in the NL East. Um, so it is very interesting. I think there's some teams that um, are kind of what people predicted. The Minnesota twins were predicted to do very well. Texas was predicted to do very well. Um, I think you're starting to see a lot of talent with the Arizona diamondbacks. They went through many years of losing baseball and uh, they're starting to see that those first round draft picks start to make a name for themselves um, 50 and 34 on the season. So um, it's going to be an exciting finish. And there's going to be more teams this year, Wayne, in the uh, in the wild card. So it uh, should be pretty exciting. You know, they were they were kicking around, you know, some expansion talk uh, a few few days ago, a few weeks ago. Uh, me and my buddy Josh, he's a, he's a big Smokies fan, so he kind of follows the Cubs organization. And uh, he was saying that, that, you know, the expansion may look to Nashville, may look to Charlotte to add a couple teams. 
And uh, he said he'd struggle to understand who he was going to be a fan of then. Because, you know, you'd really kind of think in-state, you'd, you'd like to look to the Nashville team to see what they look like. Uh, but, you know, I say all that to say he said, you know, the the talk is if more expansion happens, they may have to, to realign some of the, the divisions and even possibly not have an ALNL. Maybe just have this big pod system. I know all SEC people cringe when I say pods, but – uh, but you know who I think would benefit a lot from that? The central divisions in both sides. I'm sitting here looking at the AL Central. Minnesota Twins are a half game in the lead of that of that division. With they're 42, they're they're below 500. They're 42 and 43. The Red Sox, who are 13 games, 13 and a half games back in the AL East, would lead that division. Uh, the the Angels, who are seven games back in the AL West, would lead that division. In the National League, uh, the Central Division is also the weakest division there. The Brewers lead. Brewers and Reds are tied for the lead there. But uh, uh, the Pirates, uh, or I'm sorry, no, the Reds would lead the AL Central. The Brewers would lead the AL Central. Uh, even the uh, Phillies, who are 12 games back in the NL East, would lead the AL Central. So to me, some of that is uh, it would be good for some realignment because it looks like in both AL and NL, there are some stagnation in that central division, and that just seems to be this year's case, but uh, that it wouldn't hurt a few of these teams to get reshuffled up to have some opportunities. Yeah, I mean, to your point, Boston um, is far enough out at this point in the season. Yeah, I mean, anything's possible with – you know, 80 plus games left to go in the season, but at 14 games out, historically going in the second half of the season, you're not going to make that up and win the AL East. So well, the thing is, is there that, that AL East is so, so strong in the, uh, in the American league, unless they finish third in the a- uh, AL East, they can't even get a wild card. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, so if they, to your point, if they, to your point, if they were in the central, they would lead the central. They would look at clinching, you know, their their fight is to clinch that that division. And they have a chance. Earth, yeah. Boston would have a chance of doing that with that competition. Um, but, yeah, to your point, that's a very interesting topic to discuss because uh, Boston doesn't have that luxury. And uh, it's just going to be very difficult for them to get in a wild card contention with the competition that they play. Right. And, and, and I know you talked about the Yankees a little bit and the payroll and what, but they – I don't think they can play any worse baseball, honestly. Now, I know their pitcher had a perfect game the other day, and that is that is something that you can't time that. You can't do that. But but at the end of the day, they're not they're as low as the, I think that, that talent level is going to be. When Judge gets back, I think they'll take a click up. I think just him being in the lineup puts things into a different rotation. And so I think they're going to play better baseball. Now, is that enough? Uh, to get in into a position to uh, to get a wild card spot because I, I I don't think uh, I don't think they're in a place to catch the Rays unless unless the Rays just nosedive which they have uh, you know they haven't necessarily been bulletproof in their last ten games so uh, but I think I think if you look at it the Orioles are sitting pretty uh, for a wild card spot it's basically them and the Astros and the Yankees right now yeah I mean it's yeah I. I think to your, like you said, to your point, I think Aaron Judge comes back. They're going to make a push, and and we've got the trade deadline coming up. I look for Cashman to make some moves 
Um, and usually he, he's been known when, when the Yankees are in a position like this, he makes really good decisions and puts the team in a very good place for the rest of the year to compete for a wild card and even a World Series championship. Um, the, the thing that you would typically hear from New York Yankees fans is that some of those deals, um, they can really take you back. Uh, you know, a couple years back was the uh, Soriano move to the Cubs at the trade deadline. And uh, he came back to the New York Yankees the year after. But Soriano was part of that uh, team that helped lead that lead that team to the World Series in 2016. Yeah, I, uh, you know, him, he's a he's a really good one. But I, I tell you, maybe one of the best decision makers right now in, in Major League Baseball is Alex Anthopoulos, uh, GM for the, the – uh, for the Atlanta Braves, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I, I can tell you, uh, finding young talent, uh, getting prospect talent that you don't have to pay for that that develops into big time talent, uh, he, he's as good as I've seen in a long time. So I'm I'm excited to have him on on our side of the the street. But uh, but Ben, a uh, lot to be had in Major League Baseball. But looking at it right now, uh, give me the three hottest teams in baseball, and give me the three seller dwellers in in Major League Baseball. So the Atlanta Braves, without a doubt, I think are the best team in baseball, not just by record, but top to bottom. Um, you and I have talked about Azuna. Um, just unbelievable what he can do as a baseball player. Uh, I think he's going to be – it's going to be difficult to find an MVP, um, sort of Shohei Otani um, for, for uh, Major League Baseball. So Atlanta Braves, number one. Number two, Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Um just, just unbelievable what uh, Coach Cash can do with that team. Um, these are a lot of guys. Are, these aren't big names in Major League Baseball, um, but he does an excellent job managing the roster, and they continue to win over 600 winning percentage right now. Um, number three. Um, kind of a toss-up. Really, and maybe it's recency. Maybe it's recency. So I, I, I'm cautious a little bit with this, but – uh, we just got done playing the Minnesota Twins, and uh, I really like their pitching rotation. Um, Kyle Farmer, that outfield is crazy, dude. Um, I mean, Byron Buxton out in center field, arguably the best center fielder in the game. Any ball hit out to right center between him, uh, Kyle Farmer, and I think the other guy is uh, Kapler. Those three guys – had made some miraculous catches on defense. And when they get up to the plate, uh, you also got uh, – used to play for the Yankees, but he tore us up pretty – Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo hit two home runs in our in this series against us. Uh, so, uh, I, I'm going to put Minnesota Twins number three, buddy. So, uh, again, kind of recency drives mine. Mine's, mine's the same top two. I think the Braves number one. I think the Rays number two. Three and – and 3B, <laughs> it, it was between the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. And and honestly, the reason I put Diamondbacks ahead of them is out of their last 10 games, they're 7-3 and three where the Rangers are 5-5. Five and five. So I think uh, recency is a thing. And so I'm going to put them uh, as, as my third spot. Uh, seller dwellers, I'll go ahead and take that. Uh, obviously, I think if you're still in the 20s in the winning uh, category, you're going to be right there. Uh, I don't know that you have to put a one, two, three on this. The Athletics, the Royals, and the Rockies. 
All right, let's go with the Nationals. I just anytime I can beat up on an NL East team, I'll do that. Let's put the Nationals as the number three seller dweller uh, for me. Those are good picks. Go. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna go. I'm going with Oakland. I think you've got to put. If you've got the worst record in Major League Baseball, you've got 23 wins. Uh, Your money ball ain't adding up this year, buddy. Yeah. Um, so I've got them there. Um, I've got the uh, Chicago Cubs and the New York Mets. Um, and the, and the 24 win Royals off that list. No, nah, I mean I, I'm going to go ahead. This is just for this is just for the fans a little bit here. I, and, and well, reason- realistically, mine was record based. You, yeah. you, I, you you hit a good chord there with the Mets because all the money invested and they're yeah. still terrible. That's yeah. a problem. Yeah, and, you know, the Cubs, they went and got Dansby Swanson. Um, they got uh, from the Dodgers. My name's the wrong. Trey Turner, right? No, yeah, not Trey Turner. Turner. They, they got uh, – it'll come to me. Um, <laughs> but they got uh, they got a couple big-name players like Trey Mancini. Mm-hmm. Um, and his name's going to come to me. But they got three guys, paid a lot of money. To generate some offense with that Cubs, and they're play- they're not playing in a terribly difficult division. Um, so for them not to compete and to be five games back of first place, um, and at a four sixty nine overall winning percentage, um, them and the Mets are kind of disappointing for me this year. So uh, then, last thing, and we'll 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 close it up here. Who's your sleeper right now? A team that that is not on anybody's radar. But that you can sit there and go, I think I think they may have a little something something in the tank. <laughs> so not being a Baltimore Orioles fan, I would say, <laughs> I would say I, I'm gonna stick with Minnesota. Um, I just I watched them play this weekend and they were scary good. Uh, I was surprised we got out um, two to one today. Uh, they're pitching. Uh, it's phenomenal. So they've got guys in the bullpen, three or four deep that can hurt you, uh, and they got starters that'll keep keep the runs runs at a premium. Um, so their offense isn't overpowering, and I think that's what makes them. I think that's what makes them a team that nobody's really concerned about because if Joey Gallo and Byron Buxton and Kapler aren't making big hits, or Kyle Farmer's not hitting the baseball. Um, you know they can go. They can go pretty quiet on offense, but they're going to have the starting pitching, and they're going to have the relief and the closer. Uh, this all weekend long, I was and the Baltimore Orioles have a great offensive baseball team, but all weekend long runs were at a premium. We were doing everything we could to generate just one run, dropping bunts down in the three and four hole. So uh, I put Minnesota there. I found out who they got from the Dodgers. Yeah. Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger. That's it. Yeah. Uh, so my, my sleeper, and I don't know that it's a sleeper because they, they at one time were listed as the hottest team in baseball. But I'm saying historically they seem to run out of gas at the end. I'm going to put the Reds right there, man, because I'm going to say this. Uh, in all the runs that the Braves have had all season, uh, realistically, a lot of teams haven't held close to the Braves night in and night out. And three three nights against the Braves, I think it was seven six, eleven to ten, seven to six. And so this is a team that knows how to 
how to rise to the occasion. They've got uh, they've got some uh, you know elder statesmen, Joey Votto, and and those guys. Uh, but then they've got some they've got some Tennessee power. They've got Nick Senzel in the outfield, uh, and then they've got that Dela Cruz kid that I'm pretty sure could be playing in the NBA. Uh, but he's still trying to get his sea legs in Major League Baseball. So I think if he settles in, he's going to be a guy kind of like Acuna that you're you're going to have to pitch to at some point, and uh, he can make you pay. So I like the Cincinnati Reds. I like their ballpark, what they what they have going there, and then ultimately. Uh, they're in a situation. Uh, they're tied for the lead in their division a, a week in L Central. I think getting into the postseason is a number one, and then they could be violent uh, once they get there. Playing the San Diego Padres right now, so definitely going to be a good series to watch early this week. Early this week, I think that, that could tell you a lot about uh, that uh, how hot they can stay. Because again, they've cooled uh, since that big 12-13 game win streak uh, that the Braves broke there a couple weeks ago, but. Uh, again, uh, I, I don't think baseball baseball is about streaks. You wanna you wanna see how hot you can get and what you can do. But ultimately, I think it's about being your best when it matters, right? And and that's uh, staying healthy. That's doing the things you got to do. Yeah, Great American Ballpark has great in bowl vomitories as you uh, exit the stadium. I we hey, if nothing else, in the last fifty four minutes, we have expanded our vocabulary by one. That's right. Uh, vomitory. And we, we should try to inject that in any conversation you have over this holiday weekend. Uh, if you're going to a stadium, uh, I'm going to the Smokies game on the fourth. Uh, so I'm going to, uh, I'm going to very, uh, I'm going to very document the vomitories that I, uh, that I walk <laughs> through, uh, as I'm, as I'm entering and exiting, uh, the friendliest ballpark in, in minor league baseball. <laughs> but anyway, Ben, uh, any closing comments? Uh, you got anything cool planned for the fourth? I think, uh, I think it's on, Jason Pierre Paul, we have to show all 10 digits and make sure on our next episode we have those two. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, nothing, no big plans. Um, just going to enjoy some family time. Um, I'm going to try to cook some burgers and dogs on my Weber charcoal with my family. So, very excited to, to experience that the next couple of days. Cool, cool, cool. I think I'm, uh, we did hot dogs the other day, but I'm going to try hamburgers on the, on the charcoal thing. Uh, I've been a Blackstone guy for a long time, so I'm going to try to do the charcoal thing this weekend too. But, uh, again, uh, have a safe and uh, happy fourth. Hopefully the weather holds out for the ball game on, on Tuesday. Uh, but if you're at Smoky Stadium, uh, I'll be the guy that looks like the walking American flag. So that, that'll be me. So uh, any, any, anything uh, else, Ben, we'll, uh, we'll close it up. Now, happy fourth to uh, all our listeners out there. We, we appreciate you guys. Hey, uh, and uh, and happy birthday to 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 America, right? July fourth. A lot of people said, uh, you know, we had like a little potluck thing at work, and a lady says, "What are you celebrating? Is it somebody's birthday?" I said, "Yeah, America's." And so uh, <laughs> yeah, get out there, celebrate, enjoy family, enjoy your time off. If you have to work, uh, just make good ones. Just <laughs> just get in there and get out, and then get home see your family but uh until next time uh we're going to continue to ratchet this thing up count it down to football season but until next time take care be safe and yes grind on